Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. Are we recording? Yeah, but we still need to say something funny for the introduction. It's a constant struggle. I know, the struggle's real. I want people to say I know, that. I do too. I was just going to say that. It's, yeah. I was the just going to say that. Oh my God. So not like you to say that. Even as I said it, my stomach turned. Yeah. I started hurting my stomach halfway through. You, you started hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. I started just punching myself in the gut. Yeah. I was like, why is he saying that? Yeah. Well, funny thing found. I wish the taco bus would drive by. I don't think the taco bus moves. It's just like a stationary bus that they sell. I, know, I think I, in my mind, they're selling tacos to raise money to fix the bus. It's a screenplay I'm writing called Taco Bus. It's if we good. mention them enough, maybe we'll get free stuff from I them. It. We got a free drink that one time. You just got a free drink today. I did get a free drink today from the 7-Eleven. Yeah, I think she thought you were homeless. She did. I walked in and I, I got a drink and a bag of hot Cheetos, and she gave them to me for free. And she goes, yeah, sometimes we just got to help each other out. You are kind of growing your bald head hair out. My hair is like baby chick hair, and my beard is real thick now. Yeah, and you're wearing a neon green shirt. Wearing a neon green shirt that looks like I found it at Goodwill, like in the trash can at Goodwill. absolutely. It was a reject at Goodwill. I'm wearing sweat shorts. Hey, do you think that since we have so many new listeners... uh, We should say what podcast yeah we should say what the podcast is and who we are and then also maybe talk about your stutter because i realized after the last episode that like we hadn't said it in a while and then like people are probably like is he have a do you have a stutter i do it's because of my high testosterone Mm, probably it's hot yeah this is reverse psychology welcome back to reverse psychology the greatest psychology podcast known to us i'm dr mike and across from me is the ever charming Dr. Dr. Diana. Diana. Welcome back. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. I took what are a, we doing here? I took a bar class this morning. B-A-R, like a lawyer class? B-A-R-R-E. Oh, ballet. Bar class. Oh, ole. <laughs> How'd it go? This place I go to, they're really, like, they're great because they really want to know your name. And so the classes are packed so they can, like. They want to be the cheers of bar classes? The cheers? Oh, I get it. I thought you were talking. Yeah, I thought you were whatever. Yeah, I get okay. it. It was a pretty highbrow joke. No, <laughs> I get it. Um, it's a little thinking person. So like in and they're like, hey, remind me of your name. Like, because I haven't been that many times. So mm. I said, oh, my name is Diana. And then the woman goes, there's another Diana in this class. And I said, is it you? No, no. Oh. I said, that never happens. And she said, that's what she said. Oh, wait. How did she know that there was going to be another Diana? In the no, class? because someone had already walked in and said that her name was Diana. Yeah. So then when I walked in, the instructor said, what's your name? And I said, Diana. And then she said, there's another Diana. Okay. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. How did the first person know to say that? I, I this person's story is flimsy. Yeah. No, I don't actually know how that happened. Now that I'm saying that out loud, it sounds really dumb. Yeah, but I think we were story? already both in the room. 
I don't know. Something... Are you just making this up to have something to talk about? No, 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 no. Okay. That never happened to me as a kid. Yeah. Like I was never. Did you have never a hard time thing. getting mugs or door placards with uh, your name on it? Yeah, like a license plate keychain thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They usually had Diane. Would you take the A from Aaron and break it off and tape it <laughs> on to Diana? One of the A's from Aaron. Yeah, he has enough. Too many. Too many A's. I mean, I have two A's. When I'm, yeah, but they're not next to each other. People also freak out when I'm like, oh, my name's Diana and they have to spell it. Is that with two N's? Does anyone ever have yeah. like two N's? Yeah, there's Ooh. a two N Diana's all was, the time. Was the princess one a one, one N? One N. That's yeah, what I was named she was after. A, she was a princess of the people. That's what I was named after. Okay, so my that's my name. Okay. Talk about your stutter. Can you talk about your stutter? I have a stutter. Can you talk about when? I've overcome it. When not did, really. It's not, still here. Yeah, it's always it, here. It's, it's always yeah, with it's me. Yeah, it's latent. It's like, like diarrhea. It's like always with me and mm. I'm always aware of it. And I'm always planning what I'm going to say carefully so it doesn't come up. So our friend went to a pool once and uh, saw a sign that said, you couldn't swim if you have active diarrhea. Mm -hmm. First of all, if you have active diarrhea, like you're not trying to go in a pool. Yeah, you're not feeling sexy and going to the pool. Yeah. Also, that made him think that there was something like latent diarrhea like you always had diarrhea like, diarrhea is like herpes where yeah, like once herpes. you have it once you, yeah. you have it you always have i mean but everyone yeah. has diarrhea everyone has latent diarrhea could you imagine if you're swimming in the pool and i mean i was a pool lifeguard so i did see like people shit in the pool i mean normally as little kids how solid does it have to be before you're able to just use the skimmer you, you have always, to shut the pool down always well you're supposed to shut it down do you pretend you time. drain it and you're like just kind of look at your clock you're like all right you have to drain the pool you just have to close it. You close it. You get let the, everyone process it. You get the poop out. Okay. And then you you get the yeah. poop out. You just, scoop the poop out. Okay. And with you've that, already established you get the poop out. <laughs> <laughs> so in this scenario, there's three individual poops. So step one, get the poop out. Step two, get the other poop out. Step three, get the third poop out. Yeah. Step four, we pour a bunch of sawdust in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Sop it up. Yeah. And then you're supposed to like let it sit for a while yeah. and like test the levels. And Yeah. If it's poopy, let it mellow. <laughs> so then, yeah, then you're supposed to close the pool for a while until the levels like reset. Do you ever see like as a kid when you're at a pool, like the lifeguard would like dip yeah. a thing in the My pool? My dad and, like, would do it? that. Was he a lifeguard? Yeah. At your house and pool. My house is above ground pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he would test the chlorine? Yeah. he lo- Oh, he loves it. So what? Um, when did you know you had a stutter? The moment I learned to speak. You were like, this isn't coming out right. This is You're not like, happening. Mom. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. Were you like, why isn't this happening right? Or like what? It was just always how I spoke. I was. A- but were you aware? You were aware yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember this slash. I know this only because my parents told me years later. But apparently... When I was in like first or second grade, we were walking somewhere and I was stuttering. And then I said, oh, I hate when that happens. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad, like behind closed doors, were like, we should do something. And so they had some sort of specialist go to my classroom to observe me. I didn't know this was happening. And then the specialist came back and said, good news. It's not a stutter. It's a stammer. Mm. And there's no treatment for it. And then they they, kind of fucked off. There's no difference between the two. Well, also, it's called something different now. Childhood onset fluency disorder, parentheses, stuttering. A good way and to there know. there is treatment for it, by the way. Yeah, I had it. It didn't. Well, I had some of it. I didn't get good treatment for it. The point I was going to make is that if you want to know what uh, the disorder is based on the title, it's it's basically the name of the disorder is difficult for the person with the disorder to say. Mm. So like 
the word stutter is extremely difficult for me to say. I always have to have a different word that's easier to say leading into it. And I mm. use the momentum of that word to complete it. Much like lisp is hard to say if you have a lisp. Mm. Mutism is hard to say if you're mute. So anyways, this person told my parents like, yeah, this is what it is. And then that was in second grade. And then nothing happened again until 11th grade. And then my one day you my, just like woke up you're just like nothing happened in your life and you woke up you were like in 11th grade no well after the the person came back i got hit by a car and then i woke up and i was in 11th grade it was public school so they were just pushing me through yeah. <laughs> but one day my mom was like oh after school today you have an appointment mm-hmm. and i was like okay and it was with a speech therapist she would have me read from the, the reader's digest and she would record me and play it back to me so i can hear my stutter mm. and i was like yeah i can he- i'm in the room i get it <laughs> yeah. i know it and so she would give me these things and it, looking back even in the moment i'm like this isn't helpful because she was having me repeat sounds but the sounds themselves in isolation are not the problem mm. with a stutter it's a lot of it's a like a delay between the feedback loops like hearing and mm-hmm. speaking so like mm-hmm. if you're ever like wearing headphones of yourself talking and it's out of sync it's really hard to like speak fluidly mm. and so she would have me just like sit and just go like, like oh, just sound, just like I was a snake. And then after five meetings, she was like, "Hey, we got a letter. The insurance company's not paying for this anymore, mm. so you're cured." Like very few people know I have it, which is in a way worse because when it does, yeah, come up, then they're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like people freak out. Like, are you drunk? Yes, or they laugh. Right. They, they think I'm doing it to be funny, mm-hmm. and it's like infuriating. Uh. But I understand why, because most of my life is sarcastic. <laughs> and so they're like, I get it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. you, bro. Like, oh, I'm struggling over here. That's, a, yeah. an, that's an interesting story. Thank you. Yeah, I can always feel I wonder it. if we have any people who listen who are speech language pathologists, therapists. Or if they have a stutter. Maybe I'm a People hero. who listen who have a stutter. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Hey, do we have any more reviews? Yeah. Okay, go. So this is from our new best friend, Monica. I'm not going to give last names, even though it's public. I just don't. I don't want to out her. Oh, it, do we know this, Monica? No. Oh. This is stranger. Hey, Monica. This is what made me the most the most tickled. This is this the is most a, touched. This is a stranger, Monica. Oh, hey, stranger, Monica. Um, so Monica writes. Yes. Oh my word. Love the podcast. Appreciate the cussing. I literally cry laughing when I listen. Well, uh, fuck you too, Monica. Yeah, that was a fucking good one. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't know whether to go real cursy or be like, gee, Monica, thank you so much for that. It would get real wholesome. But my, my true colors came out. I also have, uh, this isn't a correction. This is an addition. Mm-hmm. But it also made me laugh out loud. We, had, we have a comment in our community mm-hmm. from an, another new friend, Chad. Hey, Chad. Chad, he he bestowed knowledge on us about mm-hmm. the family tree of the duck family. This was, oh, this was a reference to a podcast where we talked about Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, and Louie and right. Launchpad. And then you <laughs> said that you were like super horned up for Gary Coleman, but you thought he was still alive and he's not. Was it Coleman or Emmanuel Lewis? Was it Webster or yeah, it was Webster. Arnold? Yeah, it was Webster. Webster is Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah. And he's not alive? I think they're both dead. I'm going to look it up. I think you... they yeah, they died in, in, a, in a car accident. In a car two, ex- two yeah. of them together. In two small car car accident. <laughs> 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 so sad. No, no, no. Wait. 
Nope. I think Emmanuel Lewis is still alive. Did Emmanuel Lewis do celebrity boxing? Uh, I have a memory of him fighting Vern Troyer. I don't know. The first question that comes up on Google, though, is what disease did Emmanuel Lewis have? Herpes. Whatever happened to... He's 47. Wait. Yeah. Whatever happened to him. So that was the one I thought it was. No, because you you even said what you're talking about, Willis. That's why I thought you were talking about Gary Coleman. Emmanuel Lewis never said. Oh, it was so cute. Gary Coleman, his character got molested by the bike shop owner. Did you ever see that episode? I don't think so. It is weird because the bike shop owner shows Gary Coleman and his brother pornography. And Gary Coleman is just riffing the entire time. He oh. was on an episode of Between Two Ferns, uh, Emmanuel Lewis. Good for him. Oh, my God. I want to watch that one. Afterwards. Okay. So, Chad said nothing about any of this, but he's told us <laughs> Donald Duck's father's name was Richard. It's because Dig Dug was Walt Disney's favorite video game, and he wanted to name a character after it. He then, he saved us a lot of time because he told us that he already fact-checked it. Oh, good. But we should not look it up because the internet took it off. So, he is a Walt Disney truther, and I believe him. Did so Dig he's, Dug he, and Walt Disney overlap in their lives? Dig Dug? Dig, what did I say? Dig Dug? Yeah. The I thought you were video saying game? the video game Dig Dug? Right. Probably. I mean, I've played it. Yeah. It wasn't around in the 50s. When when did Dig Dug start? We're going to get to the bottom of this, Chad. I mean, it's a video game. It's on a computer, right? I mean, it's Sega or whatever. 82. Yeah. So was Walt Disney... The, when did Walt Disney's head get chopped off and frozen? In, fro- in the movie Frozen? 66. Yeah, they didn't overlap. Oh, Walt Disney for over 20 years hoarded Dig Dug from the world. Yeah, I don't We're gonna think... Blow the... No, no, Dig Dug wasn't alive. Why would Chad lie to us? I don't know. Chad, I think, is a lawyer based on no information. Oh, um, Emmanuel Lewis was friendship with Michael Jackson. <laughs> friends friends with Michael Jackson. I do remember Emmanuel Lewis being friends with Michael Jackson. He was in Captain EO. I don't know Did what you see? <gasps> what? You don't know what Captain EO is? No. Oh, do you know what Captain Ron is? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, I is do. Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh. Captain EO. I forget because I grew up in Southern California and would go to Disneyland. Yeah, oh, my I God. I grew up in upstate New York, so I went to Enchanted Forest Water Safari where the fun never stops. <laughs> where are my upstaters? Okay. Captain EO was like a, an experience at Disneyland when I was little. Is that what you call taking ecstasy and just walking around the no, park? No, 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 no. It, it's like a you would go into a theater. It was 3D-ish. You would wear 3D glasses. And it was a like a video or something. Michael Jackson singing and like dancing. It was like with space creatures. And it was like, oh, because it was in um, Tomorrowland, like future, yeah. futuristic. <laughs> Tomorrowland, though, is like not that far in the future. No, it's the, <laughs> it's the future of the 70s. So it's yeah. like, it looks like modified 1970s. Like the people movers yeah. in it and like... Like what they think the future is going to be yeah, but tomorrow. Like the Jetsons. Mm, I have problems with the Jetsons. Speaking of the Jetsons, there was yeah, a... we're all the black people. There was a crossword clue the other day that was... Hottest uh, Jetson? No, asked for El, the dog on the Jetsons. Astro. Yeah, I didn't remember that. You did I put Elroy, cause, but that's the boy. Elroy's name. the boy. So that would be dog D-A-G-G. Like, sing- I was like singing in my head, his boy, Elroy. But like I sang it as like the dog, Elroy. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's what I thought it yeah. was right. <laughs> that is the line. Yeah, it is not the line. Yeah. Jane, his wife. Do they even say the ast- his Astro's name in the... No, he, he yells. No. No, he yells Jane because Astro... Wait, daughter Judy, Jane, <laughs> his, his wife. Do they even mention? I don't think they mention the dog. The maid. J- Jane. 
Ju- Jane is Judy? not the maid. Judy. No, Judy's the daughter. The maid is Jemima. What is the oh what, my is, God. what is the maid the maid's name? She was a robot. Yeah, she was a robot. I thought her. I thought the mom's name was Judy. What was the maid's name? Oh my God. Oh my God. So apparently on Wikipedia, they not only have the the names of the characters, they have their ages. I don't know how they got the ages. uh, Like today's age? No, like in the show, how old they were. Yeah, today. Well, I don't know. Did you know that George Jetson died in 1994? They killed him? No, he's a cartoon character. I know, but like... (laughs) Yeah, there was was like a two episode arc where he got murdered. (laughs) That's dark. It, It got real dark. Yeah. Wait, you're joking, right? Yes. Okay. Maybe. I have no way to... Did Wikipedia really say he's dead? No. Oh. No. George Jetson, age 40, is the main character. Oh my God, that's my age. I know. You could be George Jetson. Oh, in the live action Jetson. In the past future? In the past future. Jane, his wife, 33. No. (gasps) Seven year difference. Well, they had older kit. I mean, how old was she when she popped the first one? Ju- well, Judy. Judy. Oh, my God. Judy's 15. Oh, what's the math on that? 18? 17? What? 16. 16. No. George Jetson. Oh, that's a felony. 16. I guess not in the fu- in the past future. George Jetson was 23. Had sex with a 16-year-old. Jane was, thir- was 16 when he impregnated her with Judy. Oh, my God. Oh, what is going on with this show? Elroy, six and a half, but then they make a distinction that at some point in the show, it becomes eight. So he's the only character that's aging. Mm. Rosie. Oh, yeah. Rosie's Rosie. the uh, robot. Rosie made. robot. Astro's the dog. What's the Roomba's name? The Roomba's name is Orbity. <laughs> There's a character named Rudy. Oh, that's the computer. Rudy. Remember that Cosby Jetsons crossover? <laughs> Did the Globetrotters ever go and go to the Jetsons? What? You, you know, like you know, it was a cartoon, right? You know, the Globetrotters were in like all the Hanna Barbera shows. Oh yeah, it was a cartoon too. I forget that it was a cartoon. They were on Scooby Doo. All they were always solving mysteries. Mm. When do they have time to play f- to their... play the generals and to do warm ups when they're? I saw them when I was little. I saw them all the time when I was little. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. That's my Baba would get me whenever they came to Utica. She'd buy Aww. me tickets. Like did you love it? Front row. Oh, fucking right I did. Yeah. I got to go backstage once and meet them. Really? Oh, yeah. They were super nice. Were they just all sitting back there spinning basketballs yeah. on their fingers? Yeah. Just They're all just spinning hours. it. They're all whistling that theme. How much do you think they get paid? Like less than minimum wage. They really? Get, they, get, they probably get paid in like any nachos that weren't sold during the game <laughs> they can eat or sell themselves. All right. So that's... Speaking of gonna what we're going to move on to. I'm going to cross off banter off my list of... Okay. We're talking, <laughs> does it banter? Oh, my God. So what are we talking about today? Last week, we did OCD. We talked about... Yeah. We talked about the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to listen to last week's to understand this week's. But if you want to know yeah. first about the diagnosis and then talk about treatment, you can go back. Yeah. If you want to understand all the inside jokes from today, mm. go back to last week because yeah. that's where we do the setup. This week, all punchlines. It's a little, it's a long game. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> I get it. Okay. I just want to remind everyone that we talked about the prevalence, one to three percent of the population, but it's yeah. it's wildly underdiagnosed. Yeah. So a couple. Of, so what we're gonna do today? We're gonna talk about. Uh, what the top tier treatments are. 
the goal of this isn't it isn't at all to encourage people to self-treat or to try to help your friends out and treat them for them. My goal is I don't know what your your motive is. My my motive is giving education, giving some information that way if you are going through this or you know someone or you or, know someone mm-hmm. that way you know what to look for because there is the chance that you might get involved in therapy or get involved in treatment where they might not be doing these top level treatments so it's always the more informed you are on what what is helpful and what the research says the better and so and actually there is research self-guided treatment is nowhere near as effective as working with a therapist for all of this stuff and so yeah yeah this would be really hard to do like a workbook and like feel better about yourself yeah but the problem is that there are self-help guides there are oh, workbooks really? out OCD? there yeah, yeah, yeah so i went to the bookstore the other day and looked and there's just like a bunch of them and so one thing also before i talk about treatment i really want to get out is one thing that we didn't super talk about we talked about a little bit last week but one thing i wanted to lay out is neurologically in the brain like what is going on and i'm going to spend maybe 30 seconds on this because i want to say though sorry oh. i did not mean to interrupt i mean i did I guess I did. I think you did. We need to remind people before we go into this that we have different orientations. We're not your therapist, but we have different orientations, which sometimes mm, makes us see problems differently. I have a behavioral orientation. I'm a licensed psychologist, also a uh, board certification and behavior analysis. Uh-huh. And I'm a doula that dispenses <laughs> uh, oils and different herbs for the treatment of mental disorders. So we have slightly different orientations, but both are just as effective. Aww. Aww. And so, but no, Mike's a licensed psychologist too. Yes, on the yeah. side, I'm also a licensed clinical psychologist. Yeah, how do you like? How do you reconcile your two? My two, my two passions. Yeah. Um, you just wear different hats when you're doing each one. I do. I've actually worked really hard to compartmentalize to the point where there's you're a period, different person. There's periods of my day where I black out, and then <laughs> I I keep getting these pay stubs from different locations, and so I think I've well formed another. Actually, you know, I was on iTunes the other day, and apparently, I have another podcast called The Forward Dueling, and it's all about <laughs> herbs and the treatment. I don't, this is also the moment where I just realized I don't totally know what a duel is. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you do it. I do. Well, that, that's how well I've d- I've divided my psyche. Yeah, I'm dueling without knowing it. Without this person, you probably have it. to have different eyesight. Like, also, you have to put on glasses or something when you're that person. I just take my contacts out, put my glasses on when I'm the other person. Sweet. So, neurologically, OCD. So, there is, just in case you're a neuro person, this is the little tidbit I'm going to give you. A lot of research shows that there is the corticostriatothelocortical circuits in the or brain. From memory. From memory. Yeah, I just pulled that out. Yeah. But no, more importantly, when you look at brain scans within OCD, there is uh, often some male male functioning there's a stutter uh, of the striatum hey hey stutter hey stutter welcome back i posted an article on facebook that's really really cool but it basically says that there is a difficulty to talk between the front part of your brain which is like your logic your reasoning your rules and then the more primal parts of your brain and so the striatum is involved in your perception of rewards and reinforcement what's striatum deep in your brain 
Mm. And so when this is malfunctioning, you're learning capacities on overdrive. You're, you're learning things much too quickly. A lot of the OCD stuff is basically you're getting conditioned. You're learning things really strongly, really quickly, and it escalates and strengthens really quickly. How do they know this? Like what kind of studies are they doing? Uh, they are comparing the brain scans of people with with OCD and without OCD. But I wonder what the reliability, like uh, just, uh, it, I'm it's, not it's, trying it's to. It's slightly mixed, but no, no, more importantly. So one treatment we're going to talk about briefly, at least, is deep brain stimulation, which is implanting electrodes into specific areas of the brain and pulsing it and using that for treatment resistant OCD. Oh, I see this article, deep brain stimulation of the nucleus accumbens, accumbens for treatment refractory mm-hmm. yeah. OCD. But the, the location that has the greatest impact is on the striatum. And so they find that if you target that, this really treatment-resistant stuff starts going down. And also, mm-hmm. in animal studies, damaged to that area, animals tend to start to develop OCD-like characteristics. I think this is interesting because ultimately what the top-tier treatment is, mm-hmm. is unlearning. It's, it's trying to unpair mm-hmm. the O and the C. And Mm -hmm. so essentially too quick of pairing got them into the mess. Or is that true though? Because like it runs in families. Yeah. So there's specific genes that will target this area or cause this area to work not optimally. Mm -hmm. And so you can inherit the propensity to have OCD or to have these, these learning type problems. There's also like a, a genetic component where like if a parent has OCD, you, you are more likely to have something in that cluster. So like, hoarding behavior, tick behavior, even just like nail biting and things like that. The comorbidity, which it means they occur together. Mm -hmm. The comorbidity of OCD and tick disorder is really high. So you're going to talk about what the gold standard is. Yes. Treatment. From a a psychology standpoint, actually from just like a research standpoint, the gold standard treatment is a a derivative of cognitive behavioral therapy called... I thought it was more like classical... So this is interesting because to me, (laughs) you're looking, you're giving me a look Uh, Um, because I interrupted you. Yeah. Okay, go. You go. Exposure and response prevention, mm-hmm. which is the, it's it, it's behavioral therapy. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's weird to me because I have another article here that talks about that as like, this is like come straight from cognitive behavioral therapy. And I was like, no, no, it doesn't. So I've seen this in other places, too. So like the gold standard for borderline personality disorder is dialectic behavior therapy. Yeah. But the book for doing DBT is actually called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Borderline Personality Disorder. And at the training, it was like the group that developed the therapy. Mm -hmm. I was getting trained with them. And they said... No big deal. No big deal. But they said no publisher would publish the book if it was called Dialectic Behavior Therapy because no one knew what that was. And the moment they took that out and called it Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, it was immediately published. And so a lot of therapies because cbt is it's like a well-known yeah. thing a lot of therapies that aren't even super cbt if they can say oh like i'm from cbt it, it's an easier sell for it but yeah there's this this it doesn't look like cbt it's it, and i mean it doesn't matter to yeah. people who are getting it or probably people listening to this podcast for the yeah. most part like you might not care i it, care I care. Yeah, I think it's an interesting. I care. Yeah. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna make a bracelet out of it. I care so much. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, damn. Yeah. Okay. What do you know about ERP? This is what I think it is. You tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Sweet fun. Just based on the name of it alone. Yeah. So basically, you're exposing the person to whatever it is that, like, 
like if they have a situation where they have to check the oven because they think it's on and they have to check it a bunch of times, you are exposing them to the thought of it or whatever their obsession is and not letting them check the stove. Yeah, essentially, you're you're placing them in a condition where their obsession is going to get triggered. Right. And you are blocking right. the compulsion. Right. So there's different versions of ERP. Mm-hmm. So a lot of so there's some versions where it is like doing a less problematic version of the compulsion or doing a competing compulsion. Mm-hmm. The research shows the best, most effective is complete response prevention. Yeah. So just because then your your brain learns, oh my god, I don't have to do this. Like even though you probably feel like you're going to throw up. I mean, there's probably like awful things associated with it, right? Like if every single time in your life you've had this obsession and then you engage in this compulsive behavior. Although I guess I have a question because sometimes Diana, (laughs) what is your question? Yeah. Sometimes your obsession is something that you don't act out. Like people who are afraid, like we talked about this last week, like people who are afraid that they're going to murder someone or like yeah. you are afraid you're going to so kiss someone. So that is where imaginal exposures come in play. Okay. So there's two versions of exposures. And regardless of what your obsession is, mm-hmm. it is the most effective form of therapy has both in vivo and imaginal. In vivo is going out and doing stuff. And that, at least as a therapist, that is... I find it really fun. And I think when you get someone that's very dynamic as a therapist, it's it, it's very fun because you're, you're getting creative with all the different ways to get this exposure. Mm-hmm. And the more you can get the client to get creative with you and like find all the things to do, mm-hmm. it, it, it like it really works a lot better. Mm-hmm. But then there's the imaginal exposure, which is basically using your imagination to imagine this, really this feared thing. Mm-hmm. And so for like if you're obsession was murdering someone and then you had to count in your head to get that thought out of your head we would have you think about it have you write out have you like basically do anything we can to get your brain in that space Mm -hmm. and stop it when the ocd is very cognitive so when it's both a thought and then a a thinking strategy it's harder as the therapist because i don't know if you're doing it or not but but you can ask for their level of like uh your suds level sure what's that subjective units of distress suds suds so that's like a common thing in an exposure therapy where... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From zero to 10, zero is right. you're in a field like right. h- high on oxy mm-hmm. and you're fine. Mm-hmm. 10 is you're... <laughs> high on, on oxy. On fire. Essentially, when you develop your suds, you give actual things you've experienced, like what the time you feel the best, the time you feel mm-hmm. the worst. And then throughout these exposures, every 10 minutes or so, you give your suds rating. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what like a, a therapy session would look like. Okay. What do you have more stuff to talk about? Um, no. So, uh, a therapy session. So, early in doing exposure and response prevention, the first couple of meetings is going to be a lot of education, a lot of just learning the rationale. And that's that's super important because if you understand what the treatment is, but also why is it helping Mm -hmm. it then, because there's always this risk of relapse with, with with anything. Right. And then like, it's probable. It's it's probable. But the people that do the best know exactly why they did the treatment in the first place. And so they're able to Mm. help themselves out. So like with depression, like if you understand what got you stuck there, it's easier to catch the depression early and it kind of makes the modifications before you even 
need to come back to therapy. Hmm. Uh, and so the same thing with OCD where you, you learn about it, you learn what happened, you learn that relationship, but also early on, you really get a great breakdown of the obsessions and the, the compulsions. So ideally you and the therapist both become experts in what's going on in your head mm-hmm. and what's going on behaviorally. Mm-hmm. And then you make what we call a, like a hierarchy. And so you lay out everything that could trigger this OCD related stuff. So, at the top, since it's a hierarchy. At the top is like the worst. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. like, let's say you had a like a cleanliness hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And so we have we have dogs. We have one dog that she she, she shits like 13 times a day. And are you... Hi, Zoe. Oh, I mentioned it and here she comes. She shit probably tap, just took tap. a shit somewhere. Yeah, she was doing weird shit in there. Yeah. So let's say, let's say you had a like a cleanliness worry and you you're worried that if you handled her poop at all you would get ebola like you would get some illness the common one is that you handle shit and you get ebola no it'd be some illness i just couldn't think of another illness beyond ebola okay all in my brain all illnesses are ebola okay and so your top of the hierarchy might be picking up her dog poop okay and so a lower one though might be you might like see dog poop in the grass Mm -hmm. and you get this worry or maybe you see a picture of dog poop and you're Mm -hmm. like you start doing these like lower level things Mm -hmm. and so what you and i would do if i was your therapist Mm -hmm. which i would immediately lose my license because we're sleeping together but what (laughs) you and i would do is we would just over a couple sessions just come up with every possible thing and then we essentially we predict how upsetting is this and we we want to get stuff that's low medium and high so the the pictures of dog poop and stuff like that all the way up to like handling dog poop Mm -hmm. and then in session and this is the big thing like you got to do it in session you and the therapist together will start with the lowest level thing and both expose yourself to it and practice not doing the compulsion Mm -hmm. and while but wait what's the compulsion in that situation um let's say you use hand sanitizer okay and so you felt dirty Use hand hand sanitizer, but it's getting to the point where you're having like really bad skin reactions because hand sanitizer is really bad for your skin. Yeah. And so it would be first one, we would go on the internet, we'd Google dog poop, we'd find a picture. You know, this <laughs> I is had a supervisor once. This reminds me. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I think you know this story. I had a supervisor. He would Google anything you asked. Yeah. So like I worked with kids with like severe behavior issues and there's all kinds of things that happened. But, you know, one of the kids I worked with would tug on his penis a lot. And he yeah. was like, mm, I don't know, like maybe nine. And so I was kind of like, Is that, was that it wasn't to be clean with it wasn't goal oriented penis tugging. Was it just no, 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 it was just no, it was no, it wasn't goal oriented. I, I mean, it was. I don't know if it was masturbatory or not to, to eject. No, that. To eject? Yeah. Eject your... Eject. Eject, eject, eject your goo up. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So I was like in supervision with my with my supervisor. And I was like, you know, like what age do kids start to like ejaculate? Because I didn't know yeah. if that was like a thing that we were looking yeah. at or looking for. It's later or, than the erections. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about that. So my supervisor's like, let me Google it. He's <laughs> like nine... What's in Google? Like nine-year-old masturbation ejaculation and like immediately the google results are like so pornographic yeah immediately his computer gets turned off yeah it was like don't don't click on those yeah just 
I mean, unplug your computer. Probably like every other week we had a supervision session went go wrong and like him lose some level of internet privileges as a result. Good for him. So let's say that would be our first therapy session. So we would essentially, we would would start a timer. I would say, Diana, what is your suds right now knowing we're about to do this? And you would give it a number from zero to 10, sometimes Mm -hmm. zero to a hundred, depending on the therapist. But then we would just look at this picture and then I would block you or you would block yourself really from using hand sanitizer while looking at this picture. Mm. And we look at it and every five to 10 minutes, I would ask you, what's your suds? And I would write the number down and we would stay exposing to it until it went down. Mm. So you, But like, how is that different than exposure therapy in general? This is exposure therapy. The added element is, oh. bl- is blocking the compulsion. Well, so, in exposure therapy, you're just blocking the... avoidance uh, yeah not the avoidance escape escape. yeah yeah Yeah, exactly exactly so it's it's different than exposure therapy because you're also considering Mm -hmm. what the compulsion is okay we would do that in session and then between sessions your homework is to do this on your own every day and record your suds level and then we come back and we basically keep on this one until the suds goes down and there's no anticipatory suds anymore. Or the suds is very low. Anticipatory <laughs> suds, that's yeah. a good band name. Yeah, it would be great. And then we move <laughs> up the hierarchy to the next one. The biggest thing with this is that the therapist has to be doing the exposures too. Mm-hmm. Because if we work our way up to like picking up dog poop and I'm like, fuck that, you go pick that poop up. <laughs> I, it's you're, you're losing phase as a therapist. And so a lot of these things like get get pretty gross like i've done exposures where like we go into a public bathroom and like place our palms on the floor mm. or we'll like bare hand pick up dog shit or chew gum and put it on the table and pick it back up put it back in our mouths like doing things that like are to elicit this anxiety as a therapist you have to be doing it too wait i think that that seems strange though because at some level that's not what you're doing you know like it's not like the goal would be like oh you, you can pick up this shit with your bare hands <laughs> Yes, but with this, and that's another element of the treatment. With with the treatment, you want to go beyond, mm-hmm. like you want to overcorrect. The risk is if you don't go all the way to over totally unlearning this, then the OCD is going to be creeping back in. And so, with it, you want to go to that extreme. You want to you want to basically overtrain your brain that this is not anxiety provoking. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. So that's so. What is deep brain expo? Deep brain penetration. So how, re- how do they do that? Real quick before that, for like two seconds. There's also some medications that get prescribed yeah. for OCD. Typically, SSRIs. the first line are SSRIs. Fluoxetine is the like top line. Per Dr. Patrick, who I talked with a lot about this topic. He Thanks, said, Dr. Patrick. Thank you, Dr. Patrick. You uh, should come on the show. I know. Please. Treating OCD with medications is notoriously very difficult. Behavioral treatment is the best way to but go. But also, like, I'm assuming that people's life, when you have OCD, your life is impaired in such a way that it might have second, you might have secondary depression or depression symptoms and so that could also help just with motivation to 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 get you through the therapy yes also in the research if you and this is in very rare cases if you have like pure ocd without any depression you're absolutely right like it's super high chance you're also depressed if you have ocd with no other disorders Mm -hmm. doing behavioral treatment while taking medications it, it isn't any better than doing just the behavioral treatment and so and it's Doing behavioral treatment is better than just doing medications. But you're absolutely right. If there's a other stuff going on, get that treated. Shout so. out for behavior therapy. <laughs> so deep brain stimulation. DBS. DBS. Welcome home. It's actually it's a traditional treatment for other movement based disorders like Parkinson's. 
And so what this is for treatment resistant OCD. Uh, essentially what they do is they actually do brain surgery. They, mm. they cut into your skull. They implant electrodes in targeted areas. So most of it is in the... Uh, ventral capsule or the ventral striatum and then i was just about to say that i know and those are the places that target reward and reinforcement and then there is an implanted pulse generator so it's a lot like a pacemaker it stays in there yeah it stays in there oh shit and so it's always on and then the doctor then controls the frequency and the strength of the pulses you know what i wonder if i never remember the name the like scientific name but like mushrooms would help or any sort of like drugs that they're now testing like street like party what do they call them party drugs yeah like ketamine what do the kids call yeah. them yeah, I don't, yeah I don't know like if any of those would help because they 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 distance you so much like when you take the drugs you're distanced so much from your thoughts that like you have this sense of freedom yeah it could be yeah, yeah i have no idea I, they should do some trials they should be mm. but essentially it's this uh, a pulser that will continually stimulate this area of your brain which will how long do you have it for your rest of your life yeah it's a continual thing you have that's crazy that's it, fucking it, can you imagine too if like you're so impaired you can't even live your life and then you get this thing and you're like free of all these symptoms yeah that's uh, crazy uh the the latest research i saw on it uh, uh 61.5 of treatment resistant ocd patients uh respond really well to this mm. treatment and mind you this is very small because again one percent of the population has ocd mm. of that no one to three percent one to three percent of that like what nine percent get treatment yeah and of that like ten percent don't respond to the treatment right of that so in this study i hope people have their calculators out in this study 16 out of 26 people that's not a big sample size but imagine how hard it is to find those people that seek treatment and- i don't know i didn't take my calculator out well all right well that's it what else is going on this week? No, I don't have anything exciting. I'm, I'm, I rewatched the first Fast and Furious movie today while I was running. Sweet. It was fantastic. Sweet. And so I'm doing a watch through of all the Fast and Furious. This is a weird question. It's like brain candy. There's no nutritional value to it. I love it. When you are watching something on when you're running on the treadmill, yeah. doesn't it hurt your neck because you like where you put it on the treadmills? I want to try to jerry rig something yeah, where it's I higher. Know. I was totally thinking that. Put it in a plastic bag and like put a hole in it hang it on the back of the tray. yeah that's a good idea yeah i would like to do something like that yeah be easier. Easy. yeah and and it would also block most of the treadmill board yeah, you we, don't like to i don't see like it. to see it because it i just even like when i was running today when i got to like mile 11 i was just staring at the numbers and i was like it's not moving fast enough then i looked at the cars going fast and i felt better what i was watching fast and furious while i was running oh i th- I thought you remember met, that part okay. before I said I was watching Fast and Furious. Well, yeah, running. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't listening. What are you doing this week? Going to big brunch tomorrow. With some friends. Big brunch. Uh, just work. You know, work week. Just living it. Just the end of August. Just the dog days of summer, as they yeah, say. Yeah, that's what Florence says. I don't think got we a need... birthday coming up. Oh, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's been two weeks since birthday. It's not. This is not even how you say the song. It's a different song we're talking about. Okay. You're, you've never heard of it. Okay. Uh, so that's about it. But be sure to... That's about it. But, it, it's about it, it, but, but be sure to follow us on Facebook. Sorry. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook for updates. We often post <gasps> articles. We often post pictures and 
things. And also, if you have any comments or if you have any like quips or jokes you want to drop down, put it in the little community section. Or questions. If you have questions, yeah. So if you have... So that's what I want to say today. If I say anything at all, ask us questions. If you listen to this episode and you're like, wait, I didn't understand that. Or we are professors as well. So we like to teach. Yeah. We like to say it's on the syllabus. <laughs> so if you have a question, look on the syllabus. And if it's not there, look again. No, but seriously, if you have That's questions, funny. if you have comments, uh, please put them on the community board area. It's great. We get really excited and we'll respond to it. And other people will respond to it too. Also, if you have any other questions, concerns, or comments that you don't want to be public, you can direct message us or email us at rev.psychcast, R-E-V dot P-S-Y-C-H-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Also, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, if you have stuff you vaguely remember yeah, we're from gonna college. we're going to do a poll soon. We're going to do a poll because we have a lot of great ideas like people have thrown out. So we'll, we'll poll it. Yeah. And be sure to subscribe to this. Get your friends to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's everyone's homework for the week. Smart goal for the week. Get one additional friend yeah. to, to subscribe to have this. Have a friend listen. No if big we, deal. If we see our subscription number double, we'll lose our mind. Yeah, we will. We, you will hear two people just absolutely go wild. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For that trivia night, we're going to. Ah. For that psychology diagnosis trivia oh my night. god we're gonna kill it rock that all right what would our team name be the young ones yeah j-u-n-g for, uh, forever young yeah the anal stage <laughs> um think blots Ooh. the roar shock uh roar the roar shockers and yeah. it's just <laughs> a roar shock of just the shocker oh we should get that we were talking about yeah we yeah should we talk about this on the, the show? shocker i just i think my biggest thing with it just why people have that bumper sticker are you like yeah i want give me get, give me some of that like is it that you exclusively do that yeah or is it like you're you think that that's what women want and yeah. you're like oh you i'm gonna yeah a lady's driving behind him she's like oh my god i know finally yeah it's like a preview to a movie you're about to see yeah not a movie you you want to see no really. it's no. like it... now that we're putting it this way i do respect it it's like this is me if you don't want it, avoid me at all cost. I guess. I feel like if there's anything unique about you in that way, and you're on a date, you need to tell people beforehand. Like I'm really into sho- getting shocked? Getting or giving shocked. I feel like on a date... We need to talk about OCD. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Mm. I was going to talk about micropenises.